Hi, this is Areej Noor, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Wrap, a weekly radio show weaving conversations about culture, politics, literature, art and music into a weekly mix. Broadcast live on Triple R from Kulin Nations land in Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. You're tuned into the wrap here on 3 Triple R FM with me, Areej, and I have Rouge Amedi on the line, who is the Communications and Engagement Manager at Justice Connect, and she's been organising the areas of racial and economic justice since before I've even known her. She's a voice of reason and compassion in this sea of lots of other things. Rouge, thanks for taking the time. Thanks so much for having me. Um, before we start, how are you doing? How are you coping with all of this stuff in this really intense time? I think I'm like oscillating between, oh yeah, I've, I'm a refugee from Iraq. And so I'm like oscillating between, oh yeah, whatever, like this is nothing in comparison to what we've survived to um, absolute panic because I'm just like worried about what can slip past or what can fall through in times of crisis because I've seen how much of what we value in our society kind of get chipped away at mm. and I'm scared what can be achieved through um, like shock tactics um, by the political class. That's kind of where I'm going. And so, yeah, I'm constantly on this roller coaster of being like, it's great, it's fine, I'm just going to be proactive to like, oh, my goodness, I have no idea what's going to happen after, you know, in the next couple of months. Yeah, in the next few days. It's one of those things that really we get that press conference at, what, midnight every night from the <laughs> Prime Minister and then we're expected to work out what we're going to do the next day. It is quite a weird and intense time. Yeah, I um, there were some really funny tweets. It's like the only thing, the memes that are coming out of COVID-19 is the only things that are getting us through, um, which is stark. But, like, there's just, like, there was a math class, like, there was a tweet about a math class in 2020, and it's like, if Jimmy was a hairdresser and wanted to marry a personal trainer and open a food court, how many people can attend the ceremony? And it's just, like, everyone's so confused about the public health communication and how inconsistent it is. It is so confusing. So this last kind of, you know, round, so from last night, now salons are closed, hairdressers are open, but only for 30 minutes. So, like, people can only sit on the chair for 30 minutes. And so it's just these really unusual rules that are coming in. Um, but more than that, we have, you know, 500 new police officers that are now assigned to ensuring that everyone is following these rules in Victoria, which is, you know, quite yeah, an interesting issue. thing. The issue is is that all these rules and what I've seen in the last couple of days feels like there's a bit of a tension between state governments and federal governments and state governments wanting to act and the federal government refusing to. So I think that's why we got that vague press release out on Sunday by Vic in New South Wales and um, Western Australia because they were trying to force the federal government, which is... the, which is a coalition government, really uninterested in governance. They're not. They don't really believe in government for you know all of the community. That's just not their um, political philosophy, and so they're being forced um, to act. 
Um, and so you've got, you know, governments kind of politicking with people's lives mm-hmm. and people getting really confused and the public health message being confused. And then as a result, um, we don't really have, like, the provisions or the resources to follow their very confusing rules. So I don't understand how someone sleeping rough is going to self-isolate when, A, they don't have a roof over their head, but also, B, most of the frontline services are closing up shop, Um, you know? And so I find that when you're asking people to follow very confusing rules but then not giving them the resources to do so and to... um, uh, you know, to to act um, uh, act in accordance with them, it's really it's really stark and confusing and um, horrifying because we already have so many prisoners facing this pandemic and mm. and locked up. Um, yeah, and in New South Wales, there's been talk of I don't know if this has really actually happened, but releasing prisoners who have, um, you know, not that much time left or who are elderly or who are really young or who did not commit violent crimes in inverted commas. Um, And so there are small state things that are changing somewhat. Um, We don't know what it actually means or what the actual outcomes for that are. Or if they're going to be housed and if we have the resources to support them either. I think that, like, there's, like, a huge issue, right, like, in our prison systems across multiple states, over 50% of women and children are just on remand. So they're waiting for a, um, a to, you know, to have their cases heard in the court. So they're just literally imprisoned without even having a conclusion to whatever issue that they're facing. Um, and so... And then on top of that, you've also got uh, people who have sought um, safety from this country, asylum seekers, Mm -hmm. um, people who have refugee status, who may have been on temporary visas, um, are are stuck in our detention centres. So these are like hotbeds for the pandemic to kind of rip through and it's such unsafe environments. Um, We see a lot of like global precedent of prison populations being released um, and, you know, in Iran, in the U.S., um, because people recognise that this is a unprecedented moment and people need to be um, put uh, at harm's way. Yeah. There have also yeah. been a few kind of quick changes that have been made. So we can think about the welfare system, Centrelink here, um, and that, you know, there have been reports or that New Start has been doubled. It's much easier, apparently, to be able to get on the welfare scheme and to actually really be able to start doing these things and being able to pay your rent and, and all of the, and all of that. Um, but then the resources, like you said, are not capable to facilitate that. There are not. There's not enough staff. There were, you know, Centrelink staff was was cut a little while ago by five thousand, um, and people are really vulnerable. And and police are being called. Yeah, we've got, we've had a lot of our essential services privatised in the last ten to fifteen years, and um, and also a lot of welfare provisions like New Start haven't been raised in over twenty five years, so they've actually been way below the poverty line for a large amount of that time. And so there's been a lot of great work from the likes of the Australian Unemployed Workers' Union um, and um, ACOS, and there's been the Raise the Rate campaign. And they've achieved a lot. But what this change and the doubling of the New Start payment means is that they are actually conceding that no one can sustainably live on um, 
uh, on these uh, payments mm. and that there's a wide range. We already had quite a high rate of unemployment, especially in regional areas. And then we've also had, um, you know, people on the disability pension, their rates haven't been raised and pensions haven't been raised. So there's a lot of broad range of issues where people are actually forced into poverty because there are no jobs in the market. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really interesting to see, though, that people who've never engaged with the welfare system, who used to really stigmatise people who are facing unemployment, and have had to reach out for support, suddenly turn around and realise that this punitive system is really harmful and does more harm than good. Um, So I really hope that people are actually, like, paying attention to this moment um, and also understanding that the only uh, shift that we've seen is... um, it's not that we never had the resources to make sure that everyone could uh, live a um, a good and sustainable life and be able to cover their basic and also additional um, needs, but also that um, that it was political will that was missing rather than the actual resourcing or the means to be able to support everyone in our community. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking, where's all this money coming from? I thought we didn't have it. And I think that it's really interesting that, you know, quite quickly we can see that change is possible. People can, you know, political parties and leadership can actually make slight changes or they can make big changes in small amounts of time, but possibly it has not there has not been incentive enough to do that when when the people who, who require those changes are, you know, poor people or First Nations people or disadvantaged people or marginalised people in, in any other capacity. Yeah, and also there's been heaps of political will to spend money in skeleton organisations fit for a specific purpose. There's been heaps of money to give kickbacks and pork barrel um uh, sports organisations that are uh, that are situated in specific electorates and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we see that there is funding. We are a very wealthy um, country. We have the means to support everyone. No one should live in poverty, especially if you're First Nations, especially if you're disabled, especially if you're unemployed. Um, you know, we. I, I don't want people just because the there are no jobs out there in the market or there's 25% unemployment in regional a- areas for young people. I don't want those people to be... Um, is, you know, suffering as a result of that or being forced into poverty um, and forced into a cycle of poverty, which is even worse. Yeah. How can people um, support each other and, you know, other vulnerable people in our communities despite this kind of social distancing limitations, physical distancing limitations more so than social distancing? Um, And what kind of campaigns and... And other things are happening in response to what's going on at the moment that people can engage with. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, well, you know, in any public health um, situation uh, or crisis, the things that we already saw, you know, the inequities that we see in society are kind of exacerbated. And so um, the lack of public housing, for example, is a huge concern and has always been a concern and that there hasn't been enough stock in the market, but also that renting in the private market is quite a difficult and punitive process and a lot of people are facing evictions. And so there's a lot of effort to support people to seek alternate um, solutions. 
um, and uh, seek support, which my work at Justice Connect is helping with. Um, and so we've kind of created a uh, online platform where people can seek legal support for people facing employment issues, um, discrimination, if they were working in a community organization and need support through this. And so all the kind of challenges that everyone's facing will kind of be um, heightened. But there's also lots of grassroots initiatives as well, like the Pandemic Housing Action Melbourne mm -hmm. are asking the Victorian government to take five specific actions to confront the lack of safe housing because if people need to self-isolate, they need a roof over their head that's secure and safe. Um, I am loving the work by the Australian Unemployed Workers Union. I have worked with them in the past. Um, they're a national-based uh, union um, and organising around uh, these issues and have had some really um, good wins, but they're pushing for support for people who receive welfare in all kinds of ways. And then there's also really, really, like, really grassroots initiatives, um, like the one I started with a group of other organisers and campaigners called Northside Melbourne Coronavirus Outreach. The name was not my choice. It's a bit of a mouthful. <laughs> we love um, it. But um, and now it's out in the public domain, so we can't change it. Um, but it's essentially giving people the tools to actually think about their neighbourhoods and their local spaces and everyone that's in there, whether they're housed or they're sleeping rough, and to actually reach out and build networks of support. And this isn't anything new. Like, we saw the Black Panthers do this. We see a broad range of, like, uh, cultures in the Global South do this, where the state's not stepping in or there's gaps. Uh, in in support networks, and so people will have to build them, build that themselves. And people are um, people are able to like ask for help or offer help in the group. Um, it's based on a Facebook group, just using kind of like the great functionality on that platform. But essentially, we're putting together resources so people actually take some lessons and they kind of get some basic organizing skills. Um, and they uh, they do letter drops in their areas. Um, they create WhatsApp groups. They and so they're really building the um, you know the the uh, grounding skills and um, and networks to be able to weather something that could last six months, could last twelve months. So um, and we hope that whatever connections people make through the group and through their efforts, that it's something that's long lasting and that can kind of help mm. them through any crisis in the future. Yeah, in like a terrifying way, it is maybe connecting people who may not have otherwise been connected. And there's one in the southeast. I live in the southeast. There's a Facebook group in the southeast as well that's doing um, similar things. A lot of just supporting and also posting. You know what what people have at home and what they uh, can spare if others need it, if people need people to go to the supermarket for each other. And that's kind of a nice communal community support network that isn't, you know, really – it's very, very grassroots. It's not attached to any organisations or any, like, and I feel government like there stuff. Is a, that there is a tendency for people to really want to hijack these initiatives yeah. and try and formalize them and institutionalize them. But if you see something growing organically and people are invested in the vision of it, especially if, you know, 
you're you're trying to focus on young, relatively healthy people who have resources, supporting people who are immunocompromised or chronic, who have chronic illness, are elderly, are poor, are sleeping rough, are disabled. You know, people who are really at risk, um, especially First Nations communities and people who uh, are refugees or on temporary visas. You know, like these are communities that are at risk. They don't have the resources as much as anyone else, and so. Um, but there is this tendency, this kind of feverish tendency to try and formalize it or mm. to try and own it, which I think that is part of that same feverishness that is getting everyone to go and stockpile um, resources or, or try and um, gouge prices in that way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but I'm really loving the effort. I think, like, our, our group has really um, achieved quite a lot that are in quite a lot of things that are quite significant for the individuals that are being supported. Um, we've, you know, like we raised money to help a single mom pay for um, groceries for a week and we and we had someone who took all the kind of necessary health precautions but safely gave um, uh, food and other things to someone who was sleeping rough. Um, you know, and, and, and it's those small acts that really, really matter and we hope that those kind of moments of connection will also build bonds that will make sure that no one slips through the cracks. What are you doing for yourself to keep you going outside of the world of the work that you do and the communities that you work with? Um, I am spending a lot of time on the House Party app. Um, which is a hilarious video (laughs) chat app um, where you actually just drop into people's conversations. It's quite, it's wild. Um, And I also, I, on the weekend I had, um, uh, I was tuning into Irregular Fit and Ant Arts Collective LAN party um, featuring like DJs from the Irregular Fit DJ workshop. Um, so that was really cute, um, and that was about over six hours, um, and that was very enjoyable. And then also um, a friend in on um, Eora Nation, Sydney, um, Daisy Catterall, is running yoga online, and it's just really quite nice to tune into her um, her sessions. Um, she does them every Sunday for queer people and people of colour. Yeah. And yeah, and so I'm just trying to stay connected. I'm al- I thought I was already very online, but I have really taken it to the next level. I feel exactly the same way. I'm suddenly tweeting a lot more than I have been, and it's <laughs> it's really I don't know whether you know when you feel like you're in a conversation and you're talking too much. I feel like that every time I'm on Twitter, and so I'm just really <laughs> trying to possibly dial it back, but also I have nothing. I don't have that much more that kind of gives me comfort you know just talking to people telling them the weird stuff that's happening (laughs) went for a walk yesterday it was just all a bit dysfunctional in Clayton like it's just it's nice to share it you know (laughs) yeah yeah I um I'm just like trying to hold back on um, posting too many hot takes because no one <laughs> needs any more hot takes during a pandemic where the illness gives you a fever most of the time. Um, yeah, it's just like... I feel the same way actually. I feel like because also it's changing every single day. My hot take could get really cold very quickly. Like it's, it's I could be making these unusual claims, which I usually do, um, but then tomorrow something will change and I would have to delete it and I don't want to get into that habit yeah no 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 don't like Jabuki no 
Every day. Every constant day. Constant hot takes and a constant delete. Absolutely. <laughs> I respect it, but it's not the life I want to live for myself. <laughs> no. Rouge, thank you so much for taking the time and doing all of this excellent work. We'll chat again soon. Yeah, thanks so much, Rouge. Have a good day, everybody. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yes, we love that <laughs> advice. <laughs> Bye. And right now I have... A dear friend and probably, yeah, definitely a family member of mine, um, DJ Ms. Risk, on the line to chat with me. She's a legendary DJ and radio presenter here in Melbourne. She presents Boogie Beat Suite on PBS FM Tuesdays from 11am. She has a new puppy. Lots has happened in her life. Risky, how you doing? Good morning. Hi, Arisa. I'm all right. I mean, how is anyone at this time, you know? My life has gone from, like, 2020 was my year. I was living my best life. And then all of a sudden, the whole world has been thrown into this fiasco. So this adjustment is really odd, you know? Yeah. It is odd, I agree. Where are you right now? Can you paint a picture of where you are, what you're doing? Yeah, I am on my couch at the moment with an alpaca blanket. Love it. I'm really glad I bought this. It's very warming. But uh, I have my puppy Zelda, the family pup, sitting on my lap. You know, she's been really great um, to have around during the quarantine. She's living her best life. Of course she is. Everyone's home. She's getting so much attention. She's so happy. And uh, it's just nice to have a, I don't know, I think dogs are great. I think pets are great. Mm-hmm. They kind of keep you in the moment. And so, you know, it's been really interesting because I've kind of been quarantining, like, self-imposed because mm-hmm. I'm just like, I, you know, I'm an asthmatic. Yeah. I don't have time for, <laughs> you know, illnesses any yeah. further than my asthma. So I'm trying not to venture out too much unless I have to, but... For someone like myself that is, you know, I'm I'm out of the house 80% of the time. And that's really interesting because you and I have had this conversation so many times about how often you're out and how your sleeping pattern is a little bit out of whack. And that's because you're a DJ and you also present a morning radio show um, on PBS. Has it been, you know, just to kind of find a silver lining, has it been nice to rest and be forced to rest? Well, no, because my, I've been sleeping worse no. since this quarantine. I'm sleeping a lot less at night. I'm going to bed at 2 or 3, waking up by 6, 7. Okay. And it's uh, my body clock, you know, which is uh, my body is used to the weird hours and the napping. But I think maybe because of maybe there's some anxieties over the future and when is everything going to return back to how it was? You know, like, mm. in one sense, I'm really appreciating the rest because I am chilling out by all means. I'm just not sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's very interesting because um, I thought this would be the perfect time to sleep. My body has no interest in sleeping. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a all. bit of a shock to the system. I definitely feel you on that. It's really interesting because on this show I often have – guests on who you know are part of my 
extended community and extended friendship group. And just earlier we had Rouge on talking about campaigning and activism. And, you know, we all know and love Rouge. Um, you and I haven't seen each other in about six months. So this is really our catch-up catch-up. The last time we had like a long-ish exchange besides last night was when I was in Cairo looking for records for you. <laughs> Which, uh, I'm really excited which about are still in my those. room, but I'm going to post them to you. Um, thank you. As soon as possible. What have you been up to pre all of this? You're at the Biennale. You've had a pretty big few months. What were you doing? Oh, wow. So from January till about, yeah, March, I've been hectic with shows. I supported Evelyn Champagne King. Mm-hmm. I've been DJing a lot. Uh, you're up to four or five times a week playing gigs, residencies, you know, and then, of course, prepping for the Biennale. So the Biennale, I'm one of the artists who was able to... Uh, I, my, my work in particular is like a tribute to the music of the Middle East, specifically mm-hmm. being growing up, being Lebanese and growing up listening to music my whole life, like... It's been really interesting when I think about the revolution that has been happening there and when I first visited right after the Civil War. So I'm kind of linking music uh, to, to culture, obviously, but also how um, Arabic music in particular is taken on by the Western world, mm-hmm. except the Western world doesn't realise this, you know? Yeah. But uh, from Jay-Z to... Um, Madonna, they've been sampling Arab music for a long time. So there's elements of that. There's elements. So the soundscape goes for three and a half hours. But I've also done an install. It's kind of, it's called Ahlan Sahla, like Welcome to My Living Room. And it's kind of like a snapshot about, you know, being a Lebanese person with huge, huge love for music, but also understanding that as a people, we've been through the wars but we always want to dance. Mm. Like, it's a very interesting... <laughs> very I can interesting relate. People. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can like, the same. I can definitely I'm, relate. I'm playing dead at the moment. And There's been kind wars. Of articulate. But like, we still but, want to dance. But, yeah, the, the resilience of our people. And I'm mm. at the moment, I'm kind of thinking about how my parents are reacting to corona and how other family members are reacting to it. And there's not so much sense of panic there's, oh, okay, this thing is happening. Okay, let's just listen to what we should be doing. You know, they're not panic buying. They're not freaking out. Mm-hmm. They're not, you know, like yeah. it's very interesting. Rouge was saying that too. Rouge was saying as like an Iraq, you know, an Iraqi refugee coming to um, this situation, you panic for a minute and then you realise that, that like so much worse has happened in in your lifetime to you in your childhood or in your when, at whatever point in your life that it's not as the panic doesn't necessarily lie in the actual the the illness itself or the virus itself or whatever but more in how people are responding to it and what's going to happen in the future um, so yeah I definitely I definitely feel that yeah region I just think what's really interesting is. The amount, like, it's everywhere, on the news, on the socials, and I think people need to switch off. Like, today, I'm like, I'm not going online. I can't read or look at this, or I can't anymore. Like, I get it. Don't go out of the house. Wash your hands. Cool. That's what I'm going to do. 
<laughs> I think it's important to take a break for sure. I think we're definitely, it's like oversaturated and it becomes like this thing, which is what I was doing at the start, which was just refreshing this um, updates on my phone constantly just to see what's going on, what's changed. It's also one of those things because, you know, we don't really, we haven't really got very much leadership in terms of what's going on and how things are changing every day. So people are just anxious about like, hey, am I supposed to go to work today? <laughs> Um, can I, can I leave? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, No, no, it's really, really bizarre. The rules are very odd. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you can only have five people at the wedding. Yeah. If you're going to get married, but schools are called to be open or whatever. Yeah. So what do you, what? Yeah. No, it's it's really difficult. Lock the city down, everybody. Just let's all lock in for a few weeks and see what happens. Okay, so you've heard Risky. Um, she says lock everything down. So I guess that's a really important authority figure in my life. So I'm just going to lock everything down. I'm going to leave the mic hanging and just run to my car and go home. That's just gonna... you know, but clearly I know that you're in the radio station by yourself with sanitizer as well. Of course. So you're locked down in Triple R. I'm very but... much locked down in here. Yeah. But if you're doing the right thing, I just think that mixed messages is what's driving people into anxiety and I panic. Agree. Yeah. You know, because we don't <laughs> Yeah, and I think that's the uncertainty. And as an entertainer, I'm really concerned for the mental health of all the musicians mm-hmm. and all the people I work with in my industry, from venues, venue managers, production. They're like they're not working. That's yeah. it. There's no work. There's no like this yeah. is very horrifying for a lot it of is. my friends. And it's Sitting here watching that as well online. I, so what can we do? Like, how do we help each other? I don't know. All these questions, Yeah, yeah. I just I know. want to have a good time. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> I kind of want to have a really good time right now because I want to play some Evelyn Champagne King. Yeah. This is one that you chose. It's called If You Want My Lovin'. You're on Triple R. I, yeah, yeah. DJ Ms. Riz, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I chose those tracks because I think they're hype and they feel good tracks. Yeah. I think everyone needs a bit of uplifting and music really assists with that. I agree. I think we've got a little bit of love from people out there, hopefully dancing, having a bit of a boogie, getting into the funk as much as possible. Um, Besides, you know, hanging out on your couch with your puppy, um, what have you been doing? What have you been checking out on IG Live? Who? What have DJs and musicians been doing out there to keep everyone entertained and keep themselves busy? Well, look, I know that, look, yesterday I spent time watching Erica Badu. She decided to throw an online concert from her bedroom. So with all, like, proper, not just acoustic, with the actual band production. There's also, she also told the band members that were stuck in different states, don't worry, you're still on the payroll, even though you can't be here. And she charged everyone $1 for this experience. And the program that was online that she used allowed us to vote for what songs. So every time a song would finish, she'd go, okay, what's next? And then a poll would go up. And in real time, people would be voting. That's amazing. And it was such a beautiful, like, I gave her $2. Like, I was so... <laughs> and then I bought some merch Bullet. because I was just like, yep. nah, but do... You know, always, like, she's so random, you know. Mm. Her personality is wild. Like, she just does what she wants to do. And it's just was so lovely because she performed some of the best songs. Like, all of her songs are great. But she even went above and beyond and was like, well, you didn't vote for this song, but I'm feeling like it, so I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And so she really did go above and beyond. It was such a good thing to stream and to watch. That was nice. And I think locally people are trying to get online and go live. A lot of DJs are going live. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to play a party, I think, this Saturday from my living room for um, Yalla in Brooklyn. They hit me up. They're throwing a That's Yalla exciting. party. Online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. An yeah, online so, Yalla party. Yeah, they're oh. doing an online, the Kaftan online party <laughs> with Yalla. So they hit me up. They're like, do you want to play some Arab music for, for us? You know, I'm like, yeah, of course. So yeah. we're still working out details of how that's going to happen and what program and all of the nitty and gritty. But yeah. I'm looking forward to that if that happens. So... You know, and I still teach online. Like, I've still got a couple of casual jobs. But no no DJ gigs, no being out in public, um, unfortunately, for a while. But how good is it going to be when we can come back out in public? That's what I was thinking. Like, I think that, you know, this is clearly very difficult. I'm someone who doesn't mind being at home, as you know. But, you know, it is really hard to be forced to isolate. And so you have to really maybe look forward to what's going to happen when you do get to finally see your friends and hug your friends and go to a concert and enjoy that time. Um, I'm also thinking a lot about all of these DJs that are doing eight-hour-long sets. Like D-Nice was doing an, a long set and every hour he would, like, change his hat from the US and change the blinds in his room. I think Questlove was doing a really long set as well. Um, live on Instagram Live and there was, you know, 150,000 people who were tuned in and dancing and just having a good time and that kind of sense of community in real time through the internet, it it feels really nice. It feels like you're part of something. Absolutely and it's uplifting and the music is good and mm. it's just you can choose to, you know what the nicest thing is? You can leave if you want to. Yeah. You can have your dance for a couple of, you know, You know songs, I do that though, right, and at parties. Like, you know what, I need to go to the chill room and I'll come back to the main room later. Like, you yeah. totally I mean, they're like long parties. The they're long parties. They're you like, it, no, Just honestly, you're hours. absolutely right. You're right. It's it's amazing. And I know that Bandcamp had this campaign for 24 hours last week where you could buy merch and um, you could also buy music by artists and all of the money would go to the artists and I think that lots of people engaged in that. So there's lots of uh, bits and pieces. Oh, good money. Yeah, a lot of people spent money last Friday and Bandcamp is a great initiative for allowing that. And yeah. I think that's because they're aware. They're like, okay, so all these artists have music and... That's how they're going to yeah. get paid. The thing is, a lot of artists these days getting paid with live performances more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. Yeah, and all of them so, have been cancelled. Absolutely. So this is the, the issue that we have artists, unfortunately, not making much of an income or having to wait for their royalties or having, you know, yeah. and that's just the waiting game. So mm. anyway, it's. I hope that this fiasco with Corona gets, you know, sorted mm-hmm. sooner rather than later, you know. And even, you know, yourself, an introvert, you love alone time. But there has to be some form of annoyance and pressure knowing that you just can't do what you want to do when you want to do it. It's really hard. It's really hard because I do, as you know, don't mind spending time alone or at home or whatever. But also I have like a schedule of seeing friends all the time, you know, relatively often at least a few times a week I would go have dinner or have lunch or drop in or, you know, even after this show would link up with people in the afternoon, Wednesday is kind of my day off and just cut. And not being able to do that is difficult, but also it's for the greater good. And we know that if we all stay at home and be good, um, hopefully this won't be as long or as difficult as it uh, could potentially be. It can be, And and also hopefully people, um, you know, a lot of people get through this, right? And a lot of people are getting sick and we're hoping that a lot of people get through it um, 
as well. I want to play some Erica Badu now. You chose that hump. I did. She didn't play it yesterday. But, um, Is that I why you chose one it? Of her best. I chose, she didn't play it yesterday, but yeah. I chose it because she did it. But not only that, it's probably one of the most underrated tracks that she's done, in my opinion. That. All right. Insider scoop from a DJ expert, Erica Badu, huge <laughs> fan. Um, this one is That Hump by Erica Badu. You're on Triple R. Risky, thanks for that select. No worries. And it was, the Erica Badu was also amazing, That Hump. We loved it. Well, I loved it. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I had a bit of a dance in my in my chair. It also feels kind of fitting given the, the current situation. I was listening yeah. intently like, uh-huh, yeah, okay, yeah, it's just a hump. We'll get through it. It'll be okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a little niggle in our life at the moment. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I truly think we'll see the other side, of course. I just don't know when. That's and right. I think that's, that's the uncertainty. I think that bothers everyone more than anything. Yeah. But we'll get through it. It'll be okay. Oh, look, we're going to be totally fine. I'm going to enjoy today just chilling out, doing the things that I've always wanted to do but haven't had time to do. Yep. (laughs) We love it. We love it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not too mad. No. Thanks for Mm. hanging out. Thanks for the chat and the check-in. Thank you so much for inviting me to have a chat with you and play some of my favourite songs. It's been Really lovely hearing your voice in real life. I know. Not just on a tweeter meter. I know. (laughs) I look forward to catching up to you, uh, with you actually in the sooner rather than later. Definitely. We could do a FaceTime Mm. situation at some point in the next little while as well. You let me know when you're free. I'll check my schedule and I'll make sure. We're both very busy at the moment. I have time. But I'm not running around anywhere. Yeah. You know. Risk, yeah. it was so much fun to chat with you. Thank you for being such a light um, and for coming on and making us laugh and making us dance. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much. I hope everyone has a boogie and, you know, doesn't feel too dire about the current situation. Yeah. Bye. See you later. Big thanks to all of my guests this morning on the phone. Big thanks to Ruj Ahmedi, who is a communications and engagement manager at Justice Connect. She's been organising the areas of racial and economic justice for a long time. Um, she gave us some tips on what we can do and gave us a bit of an update on, on what's going on um, with the communities that she works with. Her big message was just connect with each other and support each other and and engage with communities and really think about people who are vulnerable at this time and do what you can to support those communities. Big thanks also to DJ Ms Risk, who is a legendary DJ and radio presenter here in Melbourne. She presents Boogie Beat Suite on PBS FM Tuesdays from 11am. She uh, has a new puppy named Zelda and she's been chilling out a little bit because there hasn't there aren't very many DJ gigs out there, um, but she's been checking out lots of online streams of musicians and DJs doing their thing. And, of course, a big, big thanks to Puppy What's Good for the mix of a lifetime. It really was so much fun. I got a bunch of messages saying people were dancing and really enjoying that mix. I've actually managed to collate all of the um, tracks and put them in the playlist for today. Um I was sent all the tracks and we've got it in and I've got lots of links and things like that if you do want to actually check them out. Uh, I will leave you now with uh, Tanya Bunter 
the absolutely fantastic Tanya Bunter, who has a bunch of music for you and interviews too, just filling in for Backstory and The Glass House. It's been so much fun hanging out with you. This has been The Wrap. It's definitely the highlight of my my week in these weird times. My name is Areej. Like I said, you can find this week's playlist on the Triple R website. Be safe and be really kind to yourself and to everyone else out there. Try and keep two minute, two metres distance if you possibly can. Um, and I'm thinking of you and I can't wait to come back next week. I'm going to leave you with about a minute of some Roy Ayers. This one is We Live in Brooklyn. It's a calming track. See you later. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Triple R's The Wrap a weekly radio show weaving conversations about culture, politics, literature, art and music into a weekly mix. Broadcast live on Triple R from Kulin Nations land in Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and if you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.